Hi, I'm Dr. Mila Brujic, and I'd, I'd like to welcome you all on this episode of The OI Show, where we're going to be talking with Radius XR on the visual fields, the path less taken. All right, welcome, everybody. And uh, I'd like to introduce my two guests, Brian and Ahmad. Ahmad, if you could um, just share a little bit about your background and really what got you passionate about what you're doing today right now with this technology. First of all, thank you, Dr. Brujic, for having us here um, on your podcast. Um, it's great to be here. Um, I am the founder and CEO, got started on the journey of um, uh, working in the eye care field several years ago. Uh, prior to this, I was building technology solutions for large corporations, sometimes um, startups building up products. Um, and for me, working on a uh, purpose-driven uh, mission was, you know, very important. So I came across my, you know, an opportunity. I met with, with my co-founder, who was a neuroscientist. Uh, and together we started dreaming of building technology solutions uh, that would help solve some of the uh, problems in healthcare space. So that's how I got involved. Um, and then the opportunity further became clearer when we saw that technology has matured to a level where we can now develop real products to solve these uh, real world healthcare problems. So uh, that's how I got involved and very excited to be doing what we're doing today. That's great, Ahmad. And we're going to dive into some of the science on this. And Brian, tell us your history and tell us how you kind of ended up at Radius XR. So I've been in the eye care field on the sales side and sales management side for almost 20 years. Um, you and I have had the chance to work together in the past yeah. for technologies. And um, when I saw what this company was working on, in terms of a different solution for a very old test, I was I was pretty blown away and I really, really wanted to be a part of this. And they were able to put together a diagnostic headset that resembles a pair of sunglasses and a weight that doesn't bear down in the patient's head. And to me, I thought this is a really one of a kind company and I wanted to be a part of it. So thankfully they took me on board. Brian, it is interesting because whenever you look at successful companies, and you guys are relatively speaking within the optometry ophthalmology space, you guys are very youthful still, but you need that science piece. And you also need the business side of it to make sure that we, we can implement it into our practices. So Ahmad, let's first do a deep dive into the science because I've had the good fortune of working with this technology already for about four to five months. So we've seen some of the benefits of this, but really kind of what gave you the idea of saying, hey, let's let's put a test in a device, especially in, a, in an arena where there's already companies that are doing this? Like, why did you look at it and say, well, we think we can do this better? Uh, sure. So, you know, before I go into the approach that we have taken into solving this problem, let me try to provide a little bit of background how we look at the market and look at, you know, what problem was there to solve. Uh, when we when, when I talk to many of the physicians and the clinicians um, and and you ask them you know how how is you know what are the big challenges and um, what are the big problems to solve in this sector uh, one let's take into account that we have 
an increasing number uh, of patients as the population is aging, there are more people that require uh, access to better eye care. Um, second, you know, when you look at the practices, how they've been operating, uh, the technology uh, from two decades ago, three decades ago, uh, has been providing the service, you know, or, provide, or filling in the need, I want to say, over the last couple of decades. So uh, there's an increasing need for uh, healthcare, particularly in eye care. Um, and the practices are operating more or less the same way as they have been for a couple of decades. Uh, and you also hear about the shortage of trained professionals uh, in the uh, industry, uh, the availability, the reliability, and all of that. So, well, Ahmad, Ahmad, if I can just interject for a second, you're spot on. And the reason why I say that is every piece of the practice is becoming increasingly valuable because if there is something that's taking up real estate in that office space, it can't be used for other things. The other thing that's interesting is when you have a traditional piece of equipment that occupies a piece of real estate, only one person can be using that space at any given time. So again, you are hitting on things that when we take a step back and look at our practices, those are those are real challenges. Please continue. Thank you. Right. And um, so then what all that ends up causing is uh, limited access to, you know, getting that early stage detection of a disease that's, you know, uh, beginning to uh, occur, but it's just going unnoticed because for an average person to go get their um, eyesight or their vision tested, uh, the idea is to going into this elaborate practice that will have the kind of uh, individual uh, machines each of them, you know, cost a lot of money. So only certain practices end up uh, acquiring these. And as a result, there are long delays in, you know, you getting in there, waiting for getting access to the machine, for a trained technician to finally serve you. As a result, many people basically, you know, are under the radar. They don't realize that they might be experiencing an early stage event uh, that's happening that should be detected and can be treated, but it just goes uh, unnoticed until it becomes so severe that you know they 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 must go and get care, and oftentimes it's too late. So that's burden on the healthcare system. Obviously, it's not good for the patients because they're not getting the care they need. So when we were designing the solution, it was important for us to think about opening up access by making the system as portable and as easy to use as possible. Uh, we also thought about the inefficiencies at an average practice because of the traditional way of working one, one machine at a time and requiring a lot of space. So combining many different functionalities or modalities was important, right? But we also understand that uh, the cost is also, you know, another impediment uh, in getting healthcare. So we had to build a solution that would, as you said, would have the right science would have the right business dynamics in terms of affordability for an average clinic, uh, would also you know, solve some of the problems that the practices are having uh, in terms of which pieces can be handed off for the machine in terms of automation or self-service. Uh, how can we make patients more aware? So we combine a lot of these requirements into Radius XR, where it's a portable system. You can use it at any uh, place within your practice. 
right? A lot of times, many of the activities the patient can perform with minimum supervision uh, by taking a test. And of course, the science had to be world-class. So we took the approach of working with the best in class uh, from the, you know, the most well-known uh, universities, academic backgrounds, the best technicians, the best clinicians, the best physicians to then create the medical science that runs on this portable system that is affordable. And that's what Radius XR does. And how we got into visual field, uh, Dr. Brujic, you know, we have a long wish list of various different tests that we will be able to do on Radius XR. We listen to experts such as yourself and identify which test should we be building first and and then what should the, should be the order of uh, the rest of the tests that we develop? Well, Ahmad, I remember the first time I sat for your test. And I've, I've sat for, I mean, I, I remember being in optometry school. They told us when I graduated, and I know what you're both thinking, there's no way he could have graduated in 2002. He looks way too young to be graduated yeah. that long. But, but, it, but it's true. But they said every six months, just sit down at the visual field so you know what your patients are going through, so you know what you're asking them to do. And I remember it was a little over a year ago, Brian, I sat down and Maude, I met you and said, put this on. And I remember thinking, this is not a traditional wearable device that I'm expecting to place on for two reasons. One, I felt like I was in a bowl while I had the glasses on. And two, to me personally, it felt like I was at a traditional big bowl system. The only difference was my back and neck weren't sore because I was relaxing in my chair and it was responsive. Brian, I know that you've had the opportunity now to get this in practitioners and clinicians' hands. What's been the feedback on this now that they've had it? Yeah. So, you know, we spent the better part of two years uh, diving into our science, you know, making sure that from glaucoma specialty all the way down to retail optometry has found this to be an effective way to use perimetry in the headset and match it up with the gold standard of, of being a bold perimetry system that's currently on the market. And while I've spent time in these offices and, and sort of working with some early adopters, the impact has been tremendous. Um, today, I was at an office and these patients go, to your earlier point, I can sit up. I can have a little movement of my head. I'm not stuck in this position for the better part of 20 minutes, 15 minutes. I can cough. I can sneeze. I can take a deep breath without removing myself from that locked in chin position. And it's been a complete change to the way they approach that office visit. They're not fearful or looking at it like a burden to come in to see their eye doctor. That keeps a lot of people away, as I'm sure you know. They do not want to take that test if they don't have to. Yeah. And the staff as well finds it so portable and easy to move around to accommodate the folks that are in wheelchairs or have uh, arthritis that they can't address traditional grabbing of things. So it's been tremendous. It's been really, really great to see the impact it's brought to clinicians and practices at this early stage. We're already seeing on. it. We're already seeing it too, Brian, in our practice. We literally, we just had a patient. Unmeasurable visual. We've never had not the opportunity to get a automated visual field taken on her because she has tremors. So she can't keep her head still. It's difficult to refract her. It's difficult to do a slit lamp evaluation on her. It's difficult to do everything. 
that her intraocular pressures are elevated. We're treating her for glaucoma. Her nerves are obviously glaucomous, but we just have a difficult time making all these measurements and following her. For the first time with the radius headset, we were able to metricize a 24-2 on her because whenever her head moved, the glasses moved along with her. It was it was absolute brilliance. And I even thought to myself, we're going to try this and we're going to see what happens. And, and we got it measured. Now, Amon, I have a specific question for you on the development side, because, you know, one of the challenges with eye care and optometry in particular is when these devices, when these new things come to market, you know, there's always this lag between like, okay, here's, here's something that we want to improve, or this is something that we maybe felt like we can do better. How are you guys addressing those challenges when it comes to your device, your software, and how long of a lag exists if you see something or if a clinician says, hey, I wish it could do something like this. And you as a company say, we want to make this happen and we want to add this functionality. Is this a kind of a long treacherous journey or is this something that can happen relatively quickly? So that's one of the powers of, uh, you know, a software company trying to solve uh, for some of these problems that exist. Um, the first step, Dr. Brujic, was to create a platform um, that would um, allow this innovation to take place at a rapid pace. So uh, developing the right piece of hardware, which uh, we developed with one of the best manufacturers in the world um, to develop, that would open up doors to many new, many different applications within the IK world. And then assembling a world-class team that is able to listen to the requirements coming from experts such as yourself and is able to quickly turn it around and bring it back to the clinic uh, to, to make sure that, you know, we're solving the problem um, uh, to the level of satisfaction. In between, there's, of course, uh, the process that our company over the last six years has been perfecting, which is to ensure that whatever science we're developing gets developed following the traditional uh, you know, high quality standards of validating uh, over and over again. So, uh, but the good news is after creating this platform, the hardware, the team, and the procedures that exist for validating the science, we are able to turn things around in sometimes as little as a couple of months uh, from going to what is that requirement right now that you're feeling at your clinic to having a functional team that is able to very quickly develop and then create a prototype and build to your and, and bring to your uh, clinic. And then after that is a process of, you know, listening to you and understanding what is working and what is not working. And then yeah. um, I think at this pace, we can innovate very rapidly going forward. Matt, I can attest to that. I mean, we get emails and there's a, there's a notification that says, yep, your system has been updated. And sometimes Chris and I look at each other and we say, for, for what? It was kind of a seamless system. And then it shows all the updates and Kristen says, oh, okay. Yeah. I can see why they would have done that. But I mean, it's literally constantly updating. And the coolest part about it is we don't have this treacherous process to go through to get things updated. Brian, I mean, I'm sure that customers are probably liking that aspect of it. And the fact that it just seems like, to, for lack of a better way to describe it, I'm a clinician, but when I look at your technology even though it's giving me clinical information and it's so totally usable in the clinic with respect to caring for patients, it functions more like a consumer device where it's automatically just kind of taking care of itself, right? Is that, am I speaking out of line and, and are other people that are using the device kind of commenting on that as well? 
Yeah, you know, 100%. I think in this field, uh, in this industry, in eye care, we are so used to having a dedicated table with a dedicated machine that sits on it and a chair that's got a back that you have to make sure the patient's uh, perfectly sitting into it, access that chair on and on. And this is a solution that as long as you have the patient in any chair within your office, you can conduct your clinical exam in terms of your perimetries. And down the road, we'll have some um, future capabilities of acuities and, and different testings. But you're not limited by a dark, dedicated room or a space that's just for that machine to your original point. Multiple headsets can be conducted at the same time throughout the office navigated through a singular tablet. It's, it is, it's more like yeah, what Dr. Brugic, yeah, I would, I would add on to Brian's comment, right? We are Silicon Valley based innovators. We're building the latest technology to a sector that I believe has been underserved by technology. You're right. Your iPhone does not have to, you know, does not require a technician to come to your house and to go through an upgrade process, right? You have come to really enjoy the mainstream technology like that. But when you take a look at a typical um, optometry or ophthalmology practice, if a system goes down, they have to wait sometimes days for a technician to come and service one of those big machines, right? And, and it's very expensive to maintain them sometimes too. With portable technology that Radius has developed, you know, if something is not working, one of our service agents can just remotely connect to the system, push the software update. And like you said, sometimes even do silent updates, adding of new features, is just a push of a button on our side sometimes, and it appears on your machine on the other side rather quickly. Well, Brian, Ahmad, this, this has been awesome. Again, we've had the good fortune of having patients benefit from the technology as well, too. I mean, we've heard immediate feedback from patients about how much more comfortable they are with the technology. We've heard patients talk about the ease of use. My technicians even talk about how easy it is to bring to the different rooms. And it's literally a single test is the training now. They sit with, if we have a new technician, they sit with the technician for one test with one patient. And that's what teaches them how to do it for the next patient. So it's just a simple process. And uh, we're definitely going to reconnect with you guys as the technology continues to evolve, because I see this as a platform for the future of eye care and how we conduct patient care in the future. Ahmad, Brian, you guys, I, I couldn't be more thankful for your time and being here today. And thank you so much, guys, for being on this episode. Thank you, Dr. Brugic, for having us. Our pleasure. And thank you all for joining us on this episode of The OI Show.